Hello, a little word of warning that this podcast contains swears and use of explicit sexual language. Therefore, it is not suitable for anyone under the age of 18. Or anyone who thinks OnlyFans sells air conditioning. Hello all, welcome back to The Smut Drop. This is your weekly roundup to the more eccentric side of sex and relationships from metro.co.uk. I'll be looking at how we can keep a handle on arguments on those very important days, talking to OnlyFans star Jasmine Jafar about going from lawyer to lingerie and seeing what you said when I asked our listeners for their kinky conundrums. If you like what you hear, then please rate, review or at least subscribe and I hope hope you're ready because I'm about to hammer my gavel and bring you to order. Hello, 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 dearest listener. Okay, quick question. Have you ever had a massive argument with your partner on a really important day? You know the ones, oh, you're going into the wedding ceremony and all you can do is hiss, can we not do this right now? Or it's a funeral and you're standing there just thinking, not today. Oh, Yeah, we've all been there. See, it's coming up to wedding season, and after a few of the dirty looks we saw between couples at the Corrie Bobs, it's nice to know we're not alone when it comes to tensions rising high on those important days. So what can we do to handle things when tempers and temperatures are reaching Scorchio? And why does it happen? Well, Hayley Quinn, dating expert for Match.com, tells Metro that whether it's a wedding or a funeral, big days can be stressful because the sheer amount of effort, planning and money that goes into pulling one off or attending one creates a perfect storm to have an argument with your partner. So if you feel an argument brewing, Hayley says it's really important to try and park it. That's right, you've got to try and leave it till later. So if you can, wait to discuss it until you're away from all the pressure of the day. She recommends using funny safe words like watermelon to help you park it until you have the mental space to deal with it later. Go on, sort one out. Just get your little funny little safe word out just between yourselves before the arguments happen. But obviously you can, you know, you can talk about your feelings. Haley says you can try verbally expressing things like, I know you're very upset right now and I want to talk to you about it, but can we create time to talk properly tonight? Oh, I am not sure about you, but if someone says that to me, it would be like a red flag to a pissed off bull. But it's good to connect and something simple like a hand squeeze or cracking a joke or other displays of affection can also work well to lighten the mood. You know, you've just got to test the waters and make sure it's at the right time in the right place. You can also try and take a quick break from the whole situation to clear your head. Ease the tension between the two of you by maybe going for a walk or or hitting the dance floor. And when you do start talking about it, remember that it can be easy to think of an argument as something to win, but that is not functional when it comes to relationships. 
try to enter the conversation to seek resolution and not to replay the argument. Now, there is so many more great tips on this. And if you want to read them, then you can find them at the article called How to Handle an Argument with Your Partner on an Important Day over at metro.co.uk. But obviously, you need to stay and listen to our fabulous chat with this week's guest first. Ladies and gentlemen, gays and theys, we all know that social media is a toxic swamp, especially if you're a woman and double especially if you take your clothes off for money. This week's guest went from being a lawyer to an OnlyFans model and I've invited her on to let me know how she has kept her body confidence while staring down the social media barrel. It's Jasmine Jafar. Hello, Jasmine. Hello. I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. Set the scene. Whereabouts in the world are you? I am located in California in the United States. And yes, I am an OnlyFans creator, online sex worker, and I have kind of a unique background um, in the sense that I am also a licensed attorney and I come from a Middle East. My, both of my parents are immigrants from the Middle East, so it's a little more conservative than traditional Western culture. And there's not a lot of Middle Eastern girls doing this. So that makes my story a little more unique. There is so much to crack open there. So let's go with the first thing on my list, which is you're you're a licensed attorney. What took you from being a lawyer to an OnlyFans model? So I feel like OnlyFans started becoming a thing during the pandemic. And I was still finishing up my degree in law school. And I had no social media before I started OnlyFans. I didn't have an Instagram. I didn't have anything. And I remember like hearing about it and seeing it and thinking that was really cool. Fast forward to 2021, I'm studying for the bar exam. And I'm like, you know what? One of my friends from law school had like a secret account she told me about. And I'm like, well, if she's doing it, maybe I can do it. Like maybe I can just dabble in it, make a little extra money. I mean, probably it's not going to go anywhere. And then after I take the bar exam and get a job, I'll just quit and it'll be like it never happened. And that's what I did. And I ended up enjoying it and it ended up kind of taking off quicker than I had expected. And I'm like, wait a second, I don't want to stop doing this. (laughs) So I started doing kind of like the double life for a while. I was working at a firm during the daytime. And then at nighttime, I was sucking dildos and doing all the stuff I needed to do for my only family. It was very, very interesting. And yeah, that's kind of how it all happened. Were you ever worried about being caught at any time? Like yes, there's online safety and, you know, we, we've got people who could take as much as all of these content providers and platforms say, oh, we're safe. You know, people can't direct download, but I can always pick up a camera and take a picture of anything. I was I was worried. Yes. Um, I one of that's one of the reasons I mostly only promoted on Reddit for a while, because the thought of Instagram or TikTok where it would hit wider, like a wider mm. algorithm rather than people who are specifically looking for that content. But yeah, I was every time my boss wanted to talk to me at my law firm, I was like, she either found out I'm on OnlyFans or she's mad I'm not meeting my billable hours. I didn't know which one it was. <laughs> I always, it was like no way to live. I was like, today's the day. And there were days where I felt really confident. I'm like, no one's going to find out. And the other days I'd be like, oh shit, obviously someone's going to find out. (laughs) And it's not like what I'm doing is against the rules of being a lawyer by any means, but 
obviously firms and especially I think the legal profession is still fairly conservative for the most part, it would definitely affect my job. And I knew that. Did either one of them, which job gave you more confidence in the other job? Did you find that, you know, the OnlyFans modelling made you feel like you were feeling more body confident? So when you walked into your lawyer office and, you know, you felt like a bad boss bitch? Or did the knowledge that you're a licensed attorney give you more confidence when it came to being an OnlyFans model? Which one or were they just both help each other? Yeah, no, that's a really interesting question. And I would say that being an OnlyFans model gave me more confidence overall because it was the only decision I felt like I made in my life that wasn't influenced by my parents or society. However, being an OnlyFans model that also had being a licensed attorney gave me more confidence in my role as an OnlyFans model to be able to combat a lot of the stigma that comes along with it Mm. and made me feel like I wasn't just, you know, the stereotype of of Mm. being... And only not that there's anything wrong with that, but that's one of my missions with this is to be an example of someone who breaks those stereotypes and show sex work as a first resort instead of a last resort, which is what everybody assumes the only reason people get into sex work is because they can't do anything else. So it gave me the confidence mm. to be able to get online and be like, no, this is not true because I'm an attorney and I could have done pretty much anything with my life and I chose to do this. Yeah, I really also want to, you know, if it's okay to chat about your your parents, you're from Middle Eastern, Iranian American parents. Do they know? Yes, they know. They know. What (laughs) happened? So I am very bad at keeping secrets. Like I can't keep a secret to save my life. I can keep other people's secrets, but I don't like keeping my own secrets because I'm constantly just worried that things are going to come out in a way that I don't want them to come out in. So I was kind of like, if anyone's going to blow up my life, I'm going to have it be me. (laughs) So I kind of, (laughs) so I kind of just told my mom, I was angry about something else and it kind of gave me the confidence and I called her and I'm like, I'm on OnlyFans. And she was shocked. And the person I really didn't want to find out is my dad because my dad and I are super close. I mean, I'm close with my mom too but he, I'm such a daddy's girl, like my best friend. And I knew he'd be really disappointed. And he was, and kind of, they, they knew, and I kind of knew something was wrong. And it was before I was taking the bar exam, but they kind of were like, let her take the exam and then we'll deal with it later. And I knew as soon as I finished, turned in the bar exam, I was like, shit's about to go down. (laughs) (laughs) And my dad called me and I knew that they had had like this intervention because he was so well articulated. Like he usually wouldn't be like this. And he's like, you know, I don't know why you're doing this. This is such a terrible decision, but you know what? It's okay. If you just stop now and you know, just you obviously there must have been a bad influence in your life like they thought I was just taken by somebody's really bad influence and that's the only thing that would have possessed me to do something like this I just everything in my body all of a sudden was just like no no and I never was somebody who disobeyed like my parents like I had pretty much done everything that was expected of me but I knew that I had to choose a a life that was conducive to my own happiness as opposed to what they wanted of me. So I even shocked myself because I straight up on the phone was like, no. And they're like, what do you mean? No. (laughs) And I'm like, no, I mean, I, at the time I was like, no, I'm still going to be a lawyer and everything, but I have the right to make this decision for myself, whether you guys agree with it or not. And I'm not going to stop doing it just because you guys don't approve. I was, I'm 28 now. I was 26 at the time. I'm not like 17. I I can make my own decisions. And they were really angry. They didn't talk to me for a bit. They were trying like pretty much everything they could to like deter me pulling financial support, pulling emotional support. And so it, it was a really lonely and scary time. And then when I got the job at the firm, 
they both reached out. They're like, thank God you got this job now. That's okay. Now you can put all that nonsense behind you, blah, blah, blah. And I was still like, no, I'm going to do both. Mm. <laughs> like, you know, I, and then eventually I think they realized like, there's nothing they can do about it. My mom eventually reached out to me. She's like, I don't agree with your decisions, but I love you no matter what. My dad eventually came around too. And now it's kind of this don't ask, don't tell mm. policy in my house. And, but they, they know. And I mean, my dad helped me move. I moved here like a month ago. He set up my ring light and everything for me. So we've got a long way. <laughs> a very, very long way. <laughs> From absolute niente to setting up your ring light. That is- yes. He's just like, I think he just, he thinks I'm like, he's like in his mind, he's like, she's just like a podcaster. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's fine, Dad. Yes, I'm doing podcast. And so I was really scared when I decided to leave my job in order to pursue this more full time. And I was so worried about how they'd react. And they kind of just didn't care. I think I broke them. They're like, she's going to do what she's going to do. <laughs> <laughs> so now I can do anything. And my parents are, it can't be worse than what I've already done. <laughs> oh my God. What pushed you to go from from the, the firm that you were working at into any fans or time? Because one was lose on a lot of me because I wasn't able to focus on content creation full time. And it was just so hard to juggle both. And also, I knew I was only at the firm in order to keep up those appearances and still be like, Oh, I'm working at a firm. I'm still a lawyer. Keep keeping OnlyFans is like a side hustle in my head made me feel more comfortable. And then I realized the only reason I was doing that was just to please society and everybody else. And when people are like, oh, you shouldn't do that because where are you going to be in 10 years? And I was like, well, I don't want to be in an office in 10 years. I don't want to work in an office. I don't want to work a traditional law job. I've only ever done it because I felt like I had to, but I don't have to. So that's kind of what pushed me to finally, Mm. like I wrote down all of the reasons I was staying and all the reasons I wanted to go. And the reasons I was staying all had to do with other people. That is such a move to finally go, this is for me. I I finally see that this is something that I'm, you know, I'm doing this job for other people just because they want me to. And they've got expectations rather than the thing doing what you were really looking for all along. Exactly. And, and, you know, the future being so stable and laid out for me, like it was in law, I didn't like it. Like I didn't, I knew that I wasn't going to be happy there. And Mm. when I made that decision, that's what I said, it gave me a lot of confidence, because it was the first time I made a decision for myself. I didn't know what the future looked like, but I was so confident that I could figure it out. And I was never, I never had that confidence before. Now, this is great. This is this leads me on to what I really want to chat to you about, because keeping your confidence in the eye of <laughs> what I can only call quite the shitstorm, because <laughs> you do a lot of online content teaching other women how to follow their own paths and how to keep their confidence up. So where do you start when it comes to being a woman on social media, having the male gaze looking at you and all the trolls, what are your top tips for keeping your head above that water? I think when it comes to trolls, I have a very, like most people read a comment and they look at the comment in relation to themselves. Like someone says, you're this, you're that. And people think, oh, am I this? Am I that? I try to look at the comment in relation to the person that wrote it. Why did they write this? What it's a them thing a lot of the time. And especially if it's just trolling, I'm like, okay, this person needs help better them than me, you know, whatever. And if it's a comment that's actually 
like points to a narrative that a lot of people believe, I look at it as an opportunity to open discussion because that's what I want to do. So if someone says, this is so sad that you're taking off your clothes for money, I'm like, okay, well, why is it sad? Let's talk about it. Let's push deeper and be able to kind of debate it out in the marketplace of ideas. It's kind of like my lawyer brain still like, I love to debate. So those comments don't bother me. They either open me up to an online discussion that I want to have, or I just think of it as, okay, the only reason somebody would write this comment is because they're unhappy. Like happy people don't get online and hate on other people. And so that lets me a lot of the time not care what people say. And me even making the decision that I made, like I said, it gave me a lot of confidence because everyone told me it was crazy. So if I told my parents I'm on OnlyFans, if I left a career like law in order to do this, I'm not going to let a couple comments get to me. Yeah. Yeah. Because I've seen the the TikToks that you've done where you are having those discussions and yeah and also like part of me is like oh that's very clever using the trolls in order to make your own content so that exactly <laughs> it's like a big fuck you to them basically it's like yeah thanks for giving me content that I'm making money from cheers love exactly it. I always call them my like free interns because they boost my <laughs> They boost my my engagement and they tell the algorithm that my content's really interesting and I'm able to open up those discussions so other people that may read it or come across it may be like, hmm, she actually had a good point here. I've had a lot of people message me like, you kind of changed my opinion on sex work. I never thought about it this way. And there are a lot of people on our side. There are a lot of people that are pro-sex work and body positive and sex positive. And we should focus on that. That's our tribe. And then be able to combat some of that negative energy as well. Is there one thing that people will say the most to you like or is it or is it just they just pick up on anything in general? I mean, it's kind of just the stuff that all sex workers get. You don't respect yourself. You have no self-respect. You And, and a lot of times it's you must not have any other. T- you must have not been a good lawyer is what I get all the time. <laughs> <laughs> that one does make me laugh. Um But, you know, I like that. Okay, well, you don't think I have self-respect? I think what you're really saying is you don't respect me, which is fine. But I respect me, you know? So I, yeah, I I laugh at some of them. I don't take anything to heart, especially when a lot of this is just stereotypes that people have about people in this industry that I know don't apply to me. And I don't think to apply to anybody, (laughs) to be honest. (laughs) Yeah, we still have all the representations on traditional media of sex workers is still the same. Oh, you're victims. You're being exploited. And it's the world has changed in that we now have massive platforms filled with people doing adult content from home, being sex workers and being able to be their own bosses. It's like, it's almost as if the patriarchy just wants to keep us in our place. Almost as if, I mean, it seems like a lot of these trolls aren't upset about watching free porn, but as soon as we're able to make a business out of it and be able to profit off of it, now they have a problem. And sex work is such a broad spectrum. It can range from many different things. But I think with the, with the, big boom of OnlyFans, it brought in a lot of people that maybe otherwise wouldn't have gone into sex work, like your local barista, your local lawyer, whatever, that are like, hmm, I can just do this in my room, yeah. like, you know, whatever. And it's brought in a lot of people into into this that wouldn't otherwise be into it. So at the same time, we're moving towards more acceptance, more people doing this, but then we're getting harder pushback from people that hate this stuff and for whatever reason. So it's kind of twofold. How do you keep your mindset healthy when you are faced with so much of that? Uh, I 
because I, I take advantage of being my own boss. If I want to take a break, I'll take a break. Um, we talked about confidence. I mean, nobody feels confident all the time, especially if you're posting your entire body naked on social media. So if I just had like a whole pizza by myself, which I do all the time, and I don't feel like posting myself that day, I just don't. I take the time I need for myself. I make sure that I do focus on the people that do support me. And I have really great fan base that does support me. And I can 100% focus on them and have discussions with them and focus on those positive messages instead of the negative ones. And when I feel like I'm just likely to be in a negative mind state, I just step back. What about burnout? Because uh, we're seeing a lot of things where with with places like OnlyFans and other providers where a change in the algorithm will mean one day you're flying high and the next minute you know you're you're down. Are you ever worried that you're you'll get burnt out? Is there anything that you do to help yourself? Yeah, well, that's a constant worry for sex workers in general. I think the like the internet is getting more and more censored and I don't know how much you know about American laws and stuff, but there was an act passed in 2018 by President Trump, Sesta Fosta, which basically Mm. put a lot of liability on social media companies by conflating, you know, under the guise of we're stopping human trafficking, which they didn't do. It actually made everything worse by closing down places like Backpages, Craigslist Personals, where sex workers were using to be safe. And Mm. now they're forced out onto the streets. It's more dangerous and it's not helping trafficking because all of those sites just went underground. They're not Mm. compliant. And that also made a lot of places like in Instagram, TikTok, et cetera, much more, you know, they would just, they don't want to deal with the legal liability. So they just cut it all off. We can't advertise. We're constantly getting banned, shadow banned. Reddit and Twitter are the only two places where you can, a big social media platform where you are able to post this content. And we're constantly worried, you know, Reddit's going public this year. Are they going to ban us? Are they not going to ban us? Imgur, which is like the little photo hosting place where people use to post that's banning on on may 15th it's banning explicit content Mm. um so we're constantly like what do we do we're kind of being pushed off of all these social media platforms a lot of um payment methods that are available to any other job are not available to us like paypal etc so it's very hard to deal with being deplatformed all the time and being like, well, how am I supposed to do my job? So that is stressful. And you're always worried that the rug is going to be swept out from under you because of what you do. Yeah. Is, is there anything that you do to protect yourself? I try to just calm down and also try to diversify kind of where I where I advertise, um, not put all my eggs in one bu- bucket, which I'm trying to do. And then also just reminding myself that it will find a way. Yeah. It's the internet you know, yes, things are going to go up and down like it does with all content creation. It can be worse when you're in sex work, but it's okay. We'll get through it. That's kind of all you can do. And then also just using that as fuel to be an activist and talk about these issues out loud because a lot of people don't know this. They Mm. just hear like, oh, this bill stops trafficking or child safety. That's what they always put it under the guise of. And then, you know, they don't know what's actually happening and it's not helping them and it's just harming innocent consensual sex work and so using that to get involved and to join local sex uh, work organizations and stuff is also a good benefit of that and helps me feel like there is hope there are people fighting for this and fighting for us so obviously I have a bit of a google on my guess and I saw an an article (laughs) that you were in um in a law magazine um 
and you were talking, it was like the interviewer was kind of asking you politely about being an OnlyFans model, but then there were so many notes about the legal practice that the author had written in themselves as if they were just getting more excited about the legal practice rather than <laughs> sitting in front of a gorgeous OnlyFans model. Thank you. And it was just like, this is mad. But one of the things they were asking was, would you use... Um, your skills as a lawyer, not within sex, but within sex worker rights. So would you have any plan? Yes. Uh, down the line, I would love to use my degree to be help a lot, a lot of the issues that sex workers deal with. And a lot of the problem is that a lot of these women don't feel comfortable going to a lawyer when they need one or et cetera, because they're, they feel stigmatized. So I want to be somebody that's like, I've been in your shoes. I've actually know what you're feeling and I can help you. And even just things like reviewing contracts for, for girls pro bono and stuff. I do that. I do that all the time. And my DMS are always open. If anyone's listening to this and you have an issue, because we, we deal with a lot of it, revenge porn, stalking, harassment, these agencies or management companies that come in and write contracts that most of them aren't even enforceable and and stuff. And and so I would love to use not only my voice, but I have a lot of friends from law school who want it or they're like, send them to us. Like, you know, they, they want to help oh, too. Wow. So eventually down the line, I hope I can kind of create like a small with me and my law school friends that are also very passionate about this, be an organization that helps women and men, anyone exactly like me. That would be, I mean, imagine mum and dad's face when <laughs> the reason why you make your first millions is because you were an OnlyFans model and then use that experience to be a better lawyer uh, helping other OnlyFans model. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, and there are a lot of lawyers on board. I mean, my mom was shocked that I was, I was just on a, a podcast a couple of weeks ago with lawyers in Texas that wanted to talk to me. And I'm like, look, mom, it's not all lawyers are like, oh, clutching their pearls over this. People are different and times are changing. And I think the younger set of attorneys, a lot of them are like, what you're doing is you don't know how many messages I get from other lawyers that are like, you got out. Congratulations. I'm jealous, you know? <laughs> and I find that actually lawyers or people in corporate, like high powered positions are usually the most supportive. It's like the people that have no idea what that's like and like have this glamorized view of law and stuff that message me like, you're such a fucking idiot. Why would you do this? Everything's misspelled. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's interesting because people who actually know what it's like are like, you know, Oh yeah, this is a good move. <laughs> yeah, you escaped being attorney to to go into sex work. That is <laughs> astonishing. Now I want to talk about the actual content itself and about being a creator because it's it is such an anathema to me. I don't think I could I could do it at all. Like, I'm quite happy to chat to people, but having to sit and take pictures of myself, I'm just like, no. How do? You, what are some of your top tips for being a good content creator? Um, the more you do it, the and this isn't obviously this is just my experience, but all of those things that you don't like, like you're like, oh, I have a stretch mark here, I have this, I have that, and then you just post it and you see that people don't care or they like it, you're like, oh, you it kind of like destroys that image we've all been fed that oh, you have to look one certain way to be successful in this industry, and being like, okay, you know, 
I'm insecure about this, but I'm still posting it and it's okay. You know, <laughs> like yeah. people still like it. People still like me. And Reddit is a great place for that because they have different subreddits for like anything you can think of, thick, skinny, chubby, whatever, long, tall, short. And there's no matter who you are, what you look like, there's a market for it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think for me, it's just doing the com- the the post I'm comfortable with, you know, like sometimes I'll be like just sitting and I'll see a mirror in the distance and I'm like, hmm, you sometimes you just get those ideas like this would be sexy or that would be sexy. It's kind of like with anything else. Like if you're just a podcast or whatever, like you get into those ruts too where you're like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to talk about. I don't know. Same thing with OnlyFans. There are times like I don't know what to post. I don't know what people want to see. But uh, the nice thing with OnlyFans is people tell you. Yeah. Oh, can you do more of this? Can you do more of that? <laughs> now that does lead me nicely onto the question. I'm sure a lot of people are dying to ask, what are some of the more out there requests that people have asked you for? People have all kinds of requests. You know, I've got, some of them are just not, I mean, I talked to, I've been talking about this for the past. Someone wanted me to just wear an apron and like smash plates. There's just all different nice. kinds of, yeah, yeah. people have, and some people have this super elaborate, like, can you film a scene where like, we're on the Titanic and I'm like, I don't know how to do that, but <laughs> you know, like, that is beyond my, I don't have the expertise. I'm not a, like, I'm not James Cameron. I can't make yeah. this happen. Um, <laughs> so you get all, all, and I think that's one of the reasons OnlyFans is what it is, is because it allows people to get this kind of more specific one-on-one content that they maybe wouldn't get through, um, porn. Mm. And I've been introduced to so many different things I didn't know were really popular that, that are, and as long as it's not hurting anybody, no kink shaming here. What are your favorite ones to do? You know, it's really interesting because in real life, I think I'm like more submissive sexually, but online I found that actually being a little bit more in that dominant role is fun and it's like more comfortable for me. So that was really different because in in real life, I don't feel like that. So um, like JOIs, which are like jerk off instructions are very popular and they're really popular on my page. Um, I like doing that. I like, you know, I just like I do feel like sexy a lot of the time on OnlyFans. And so the content where I feel like that and I put on just like heels and I'm not wearing anything else, like I I love making videos like that. Is there any times when you when you feel like, right, I'm in a slump. How do I get up and get motivated? What motivates you to to start creating? Um, If I feel like I'm in a slump, a lot of times it's because other things like I'm not eating well, I'm not working out, I'm not getting enough sleep. And so I try to fix those things first. And I always try to keep a pile of like content that I haven't released yet that I can release during those, I want to say emergencies, but during those times where I don't feel like filming anything new. So having like a little bit of like a, like a, folder that I'm like, okay, I still haven't done this, drop this video or this video or this video. So when I'm busy or I didn't have time or I just don't feel like it, I have that backup content to make sure that content is constantly flowing on my page. That's such a great idea. Then at least you've got time. You can give yourself a break and exactly give yourself a bit of a breather. It's, it's, I think a lot of people don't realize that they, that they need that when it comes to, to, you know, yeah. 
any form of content. We don't have PTO. No, (laughs) no. (laughs) So you're running, your page needs to be running kind of all the time. And so it it is hard. And if you do know, oh, I'm going to go away for this, you need to like pre-film and you need to like have that content kind of ready to go. doesn't mean if you like, you know, there's been weekends where I just don't post anything and I like write a message like, hey, I'm out of town or I'm uh, sick. And people understand that you can, you can have that too. But yeah, it, it is something that where it's constantly like flowing, like you're not just like, okay, I'm requesting time off to go to wherever. And that's that you're gonna lose engagement and fans, etc. And that's one of the things I always tell girls I with this industry is consistency is really number one. Yeah, you have to be consistent and doesn't mean you can't take breaks. But you know, if you're like, oh, you know, last I just I, uh, you know, I last month I didn't feel because you need to build a fan base that can rely that you're going to be there to support to make content. A lot of people who I've spoken to who have done OnlyFans um, always talk about the fan base and the the community that they've got and the the clients who are who are more my. They, it's always like, oh yeah, they're not my clients, they're my friends. It's like, oh come on, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want? What is what is it that you want? What is your goal? Do you have a an end goal in mind? Um, well, whenever people tell me how long do you plan on doing OnlyFans, I say as long as people want to see me naked. Like that's <laughs> something I, as long as y'all want me here, I'm going to be here. But I also want to branch out into more like social political commentary. It's it just, there's not a lot of women in that field, especially women that are sex workers. And I want to be somebody that can use the skills I have to talk about these issues, to open up minds, to debate, to, you know, kind of combat a lot of that. Andrew Tate world that I don't see there's a lot of women doing that and I want to be one of those women yeah so that's kind of like my my long-term goal is to create a space outside of sex work too as an online kind of personality yeah yeah I can absolutely see that definitely you'll be debating (laughs) you'll be debating at Cambridge don't worry they'll get you up oh my god that's my dream (laughs) (laughs) oh thank you so much for joining us if people want to find you where can they get hold of you if you just go to jasminejafar.me, so J-A-Z-M-E-N-J-A-F-A-R.me, that has all my socials. It has my OnlyFans, my Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Twitch, everything. Brilliant. Oh, thank you so much for joining us, Jasmine Jafar. Of course. Thank you for having me. I have once again delved into the fun bags and this week I have been swimming in your kinky conundrums. So Joe on Insta, she says, do I keep seeing the guy who likes me to play dead? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, look, I can't kink shame, but I think it mainly depends on whether you enjoy playing dead. What are you getting out of it? If he's you know, servicing you whilst you're enjoying a lovely little nap, then, hey, sounds great. But honestly, if it makes you feel uncomfortable, don't do it. Uh, Sarah on Instagram, she says, my boyfriend wants to go to a swingers club. What can I expect? Well, for a start, Sarah, lots of awkward chat about whose socks is whose. Uh, Now, no, honestly, we've got someone talking about this in the next few weeks, actually. So make sure you are subscribed to The Smut Drop. But I would say that before you go, make sure that you and your partner have got your ground rules sorted. Make sure you both know what you're comfortable with the other person doing. And then 
when you've finished, and this is very important, make sure you tell me all about it. Next week, I'm going to be chatting to entrepreneur and dominatrix, Queen Trix. I want your questions for a dominatrix. Have you got anything you want to confess? Anything you want to ask her about? Send in. You can find me on Instagram. It's Miri Kane, M-I-R-I-K-A-N-E. And you can slide into my DMs or email smutdrop at metro.co.uk. I've been Miranda Kane. Smutdrop was produced by Pineapple Audio Production for metro.co.uk. And if you are enjoying this weekly bonk holiday, please leave me a nice review. In the meantime, I'll be back to prick up your ears next week. And remember, don't do anything I wouldn't do. But if you do, then name it after me.